Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! On the mic in top left, the ageless man old enough to have witnessed the miracle on ice, the MOB CBA's biggest fan and weirdly enjoys letting everyone know that his name is spelt with a C, Justin Chevalella! In the top right, the magic ball head of wisdom, Mitch Trubisky expert, and even though he's a director of the station, does his best work in his car on the way home, Grand C. In the bottom right, the Seattle Kraken's voice of the station behind Jacob Cherish spends most of his time screaming at whatever the host says, and has been successfully migrated to the talk show of the year, the Kevin Durant of phone booth, Josh Partizan. And lastly, the man, or really the thing, behind it all. The man who said he wanted new guests on each episode, and now does it with the same three, the worst takes in the college, and research expert on Jerry Rice, Joe Callahan. Junior, it's phone booth season three, and we're going for a dynasty. Take it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Com Radio's phone booth. Com Radio's only sports debate talk show. We are without Josh, but we do have a studio audience in in, in the studio today, and uh, we're also getting. Wait, uh, where else would a studio audience be? Listen, you with the dad jokes over we're here. We're off to a good start. Hey, <laughs> we are off to a good my start. My Chevy was really bad. My Twitter that was really my really fork bad. broke at lunch. I would call it pretty unforking it. That was horrible. Jesus Christ. Was you had to repeat it. Yes. Jesus. I think Christ. it was a great pun. Your kids are gonna be so embarrassed to you when you get to drop them off at school. All mm-hmm. right, well we got we got no, the no, main no, guys. That's the funny part. They can take Ju- the ball. Justin with his puns, <laughs> Grant with his magic ball, me with worst takes. I guess I don't know, whatever. And our uh, our our new member on the mic. He is shadowing us, but he decided that he wanted to uh, show himself on the mic for one time. Uh, Noah Flennard, how you doing? Doing great. Happy to be here. Doing great. Thank you. Greatness. So first off. Welcome back. Second off, we have the sound effects now, so we're going to jump right into it and get you into speed dial. It's a really quick one because uh, speed dial is supposed to be quick. So so news points, um, we might get into them later in the show, but right now if you want to you know, mention something about them, I'm just going to ramp through what I have in my mind. Also, if you have any news points that... We're not going to get into the show later, but you have on the top of your head. You can just throw in. Um, first one, Aaron Judge hit his 61st home run. We're probably going to get into that later with Justin. Um, and tying Roger Maris for the New York Yankees all-time home run hitting. But potentially even better is that he is right now on pace to have the triple crown in the ML, mm-hmm. uh, in the American League. And there's also more games to go, so he's not, Seven. He's not done you guys at think 61. he's MVP lock? Oh, don't, don't. <laughs> get into it later. Get into uh, it later. Uh, number two, this morning, Blake Griffin has been, uh, he uh, actually not traded. He signed a one-year contract with the Boston Celtics. Um, shout out to Dale Ostrander, who said uh, that Blake Griffin could still find a spot on a roster, but Carmelo Anthony can't. Um, that's a uh, discussion for another day. The Rockets and the Thunder. Had a, an eight-player trade. I do not have the players at the top of my head. It was probably one of the worst eight-player trades I have. First of all, there's not many eight-player trades, but it was probably one of the most pointless and useless mm-hmm. eight-player trades there's ever been. It's pretty much just role players just sitting there. Not even. Half of them nothing. won't find a role. They'll be cut before the season starts. It's all about salaries in this case. Yeah, Yeah, I was looking at that. Didn't really seem anything like see if I could pull it up just real quick. some random... Like, we're gonna you know. get the names real quick, just on the on the uh, on the front. Thank you, by the way, Justin. Uh, yep, we'll, so we'll... Houston will get Derek Favors, Ty Jerome, Mo Harkless, Theo Maladin, 
and a 2025 second-round pick, while Oklahoma City gets David Nwaba, Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, and Marquise Chris. So, so a lot of so so so, so basically players. both teams got championship caliber players. Basically, the only thing I'm hearing is that um, Houston got a 2025 second round pick that could turn into something. Well, no, another cool thing is, do you see uh, Wallpaper Wednesday? Houston posted a picture of Derek Favors. <laughs> if you have a <laughs> wallpaper of Derek Favors, then I don't know what you're doing. I saw but, some guy with a. Uh, it was Russell Westbrook. And in that trade, they had a they had a Kyle Kuzma thing, and it was hey, like because the Lakers were mad, and I was like, out of all the players that you have, like not only in the Lakers that 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 year, but in their history, you choose your wallpaper is Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, there's definitely definitely a few more Lakers players that kind of come just to mind. A, just a couple. Think of, just well, a I think it's a little bit. You know, little like all time Lakers great. They I don't think a, I don't think Kyle a short history of good players. Yeah, you know, yeah a little yeah. bit throw it. Um, Getting back to to the news, though, Andy Dalton is now the uh, starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints because Jameis Winston tried to play with four broken bones in his back. Um, saw <laughs> how that of worked back out. injuries. Yeah, speaking of we'll back injuries. We'll get to two a little later. Um, and the the last one that I have is the Bucks and Chiefs game will remain in Tampa despite the hurricane. Um, obviously... Uh, if you're listening from Florida, from Florida, listening from somebody else, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to the families affected, and ultimately lives lost. Obviously, we've all been through uh, a harsh hurricane in our lives or two, um, and we we saw the destruction down there. But that game will remain there at least to get some enjoyment out in that situation. Um, so you have Miles Garrett. He was in a car accident. It looks like yeah. yes, that did happen. Looks like he might be okay. Um, well, he I wants saw to be him coming cleared, out, and he but was now bleeding. But it, it looks yeah. like he's down. I mean, to that play. was a scary accident. I don't know if you guys saw his car afterwards, but it was after practice. His car rolled over a few times. He had said that he came away with no injuries. He ended up coming up with something wrong with his hand, wrist. He's waiting for doctors to fully clear him, but. Glad mm-hmm. to see that he's okay because scary incident there. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Uh, didn't he? Didn't he like swerve a deer or something? Like coming I, back from practice. Going, that's what, I, that's no. what I thought I heard. I know. 100%. He was going sixty-five and a forty-five. Oh, there you mm. go. And he lost control of his car. Well, yeah. <sighs> good decisions from Miles Garrett. Also, two more little things. Uh, if you have him in your fantasy team, uh, as do I, and uh, not really the best situation right now. I'm in Ross St. Brown is ruled has been ruled out for Sunday. Um, and so was DeAndre uh, okay. Swift. So uh, the Lions yes. are without their two top offensive playmakers. Mm-hmm. And uh, listed questionable throughout the week due to personal matters. A.J. Brown did not practice Thursday. He was said that he will play, and it was most likely as being reported due he, to the birth of a second he child. He was back today and did confirm that it yes. was because of the birth of his child. Yes. Uh, in other news, hold up, I just lost my train of thought. Um Matt Rule has reportedly lost the Panthers locker room. I don't think it's that hard. Yeah, there's probably there's probably a map or an employee that could help him find it in the facility. Sorry, it, that was it, bad. But yeah. um, you've been on a streak today, man. There, there's <laughs> also Christian McCaffrey is worth questionable, questionable again. So oh no, he's, he's, he's I'm pretty sure they announced him as out. That news Did anymore. he announce him as I th- out? I thought so. I mean, that's not even news anymore. Yeah, he's made out of glass. Uh, like, true. let's be realistic. Like, yeah. Fantasy owners, you know, you're drafting CMC. You're you're getting yeah. realistically two or three yeah. good weeks out of them, and then it, uh, it's been a while since Matt Rule. In my in my league, that's crazy. It, it's been a or while. It was since, one of the top three and since I was like, Matt Rule has had any sort of control of that was locker room. You guys see the interview with DJ Moore? I did uh, not. I feel like I did. I heard Matt about Matt it. Rule said that um, uh, the wide receivers of the Panthers needed to help Baker Mayfield by getting open more often, mm-hmm. and you could tell. I mean, DJ Moore, he was keeping a pretty good mask on. But it was so bad. You could tell he was just ready to unload on Matt Rule. Mm. You do not tell Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore that they need to get open more. Well, it's also the thing about do I know who the, should, though? the Dan Orlovsky yeah. thing. My breakout player that I predicted before the season, who did score last week, LaVisca Chenault. LaVisca mm. Chenault. That's he had, he what had a guy. Game. My, my game. thing is yeah. is uh, st- still the Dave Orlo- uh, D- uh, Dave Dan Orlovsky thing, where it's it's Jimmy Garoppolo saved him. Yes. Well, that. That was embarrassing. Um, the other thing is 
about how when McCaffrey is lined up a yard or offset oh, from, that thing. from yeah. Baker Mayfield that it's a pass because it helps him in pass pro. Oh, I saw and that. And then if he's That's if he's so next bad. to him or anywhere else, it's a run. So, I, I mean, so again, bad. a great coach losing the locker room, like, in, yeah. It's not really helping it, his case ugly. there. It's ugly. In some other news, go to the MLB back where we started because we started with Judge. Mm-hmm. The Mets called up top prospect Francisco Alvarez with hmm. six games left in their season. <laughs> What's the point? The <laughs> Mets. No magic. But the playoffs. With the, first, no, he wasn't on the uh, roster in time for it, I don't think. Oh, wait, maybe he was. But um, six games left. And three of them are against the Braves and will make or break the Mets' division chances. That starts tonight. Shohei Otani took a no-hitter into the eighth, but Judge has still let up zero hits this season, so mm-hmm. that argument is um, off. And I don't know if I have any other news. The only other thing that I have is uh, they, the Vikings okay uh, Dalvin Cook for the London game versus the Saints. So, I mean, I, not really yes. helping – the uh the Andy Dalton trying to win case. It was also I saw that the last time that Andy Dalton faced off against Kirk Cousins, it was in London and it was a twenty seven to twenty seven tie. So, so, so we'll I, be looking for another tie. So I won't lie, I've been looking up um you know, news, so just anything we may have missed. How about this? Now it didn't help them, but apparently Air Force football committed recruiting violation. <laughs> I saw yeah, that. Yeah. Wow. During the COVID nineteen dead period. And they have been given penalties. Now, they could, I guess. Oh. Dang, they can't make the college football oh, playoffs. Oh, what a shame. <laughs> Dude, Air, um, that was my dark horse this year. <laughs> two years of probation, a fine, a reduction of their total the visits they're allowed. Really I mean, I'm not going to go through this, but Air Force football, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you recruiting? They're recruiting the uh, the uh, the – New recruits for boot camp. They tried <laughs> to fly under the radar. Oh, then one thing right, I did have go. one thing probably I'm more serious. Chevy style today. Yeah, you're flying like low it. with that. I like it. Yeah, Mac bad. Jones. Well, he might just be making some mac and cheese on his uh, in his kitchen no. this weekend. Doors right there. <laughs> because <laughs> Next section, he won him over and lost him in the matter <laughs> of thirty seconds. He is, Next he, section, is he is doubtful for this Sunday's game as he is injured. It looked like a pretty bad ankle injury. I think that's enough yeah. news. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah, that's enough Not news. enough puns, but enough news. We'll, 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 we'll keep you puns. updated if anything. Most. Like, let's be realistic. They were my yeah. Super Bowl winner. We'll keep you updated right. if anything uh, anything no, comes breaking, works. but <laughs> until then, we'll bring you some uh, daily voicemails. Please leave a message after the tone. A little quick one. Uh, so we're gonna start off with uh with Chevy, who uh wait what are we starting off with? <laughs> what? What are we starting off with for daily? Voice well, he's about to tell you, Chevy. Oh okay. yeah, I thought we would start with Judge. You don't want to start oh, with Judge? Oh, that's or fine. You, uh, we can start with the Dolphins and the uh the the Bengals. The ba- yeah the yeah, Bengals, but I thought that that was gonna go into another direction because realistically, well, I mean, I'll, I'll the bigger story is not I'll even do, the game. I can do Judge real quick. Yeah, we'll do the. I, judge. I mean, I've already talked about him at like every single show, so I'll just make it quick. Aaron Judge hit number 61. It tied Roger Maris's American League record. It tied, or it put him at seventh all-time for single-season home runs. Why are you celebrating seventh? Well, because the other six in front of him that have finished with more home runs in a season were all part of the steroid era, the era that even though some of them were not actually found with steroids, there is at least somewhat evidence that points to them using steroids, including mm-hmm. Barry Bonds, uh, McGuire, Sosa. Look. Whatever you want to say about Aaron Judge, it doesn't matter if you think that he's the new record holder if he hits 62 or he's tied for the record holder with Roger Maris. That doesn't matter. Whatever you want to think about the steroid errors, in my personal opinion, you can't get rid of history. It happened. Barry Bonds is forever the home run leader unless 73 is broken. It's got to be there. It was an era of baseball that obviously baseball tries to hide, which is also wrong. They have fixed it now. So, I mean, there's good and bad, and that's what history is. So I honestly think some of those guys should be in the Hall of Fame, and I think that they should still be recognized for what they did because regardless of taking steroids or not, putting ball to bat is hard enough. Mm -hmm. And hitting 73 home runs in itself, even if it was helped by a little bit of power and stuff from the steroids, Mm -hmm. just a little bit of juice, 73 is still impressive. But outside of that, 
no matter how you want to take Aaron Judge's, if it's the record, if it's not, what Aaron Judge is doing this season is special. Why? Because there's never been a hitter to hit as well batting average-wise while also hitting over 60 home runs. Aaron Judge is right now, like I mentioned before, leading or at least close to it for batting average, RBI, and home runs. And there's also another category. So he's actually got a quadruple, triple crown, so really just a quadruple crown working here. There hasn't been a triple crown since Miguel Cabrera in 2012. There's been not many in MLB history. I'm blanking on the number. I believe it's seven. I think seven triple crowns in MLB history. So what Aaron Judge is doing is complete. uh, Well, okay, it's 27, but that's still baseball's been around forever. Yeah, what number, right? It is rare. (laughs) The triple crown seems rarer, and most of them, most of those triple crowns, only five of them have occurred in the post-integration era of baseball, which was 1947 to now. Ted Williams, Mickey Mantle, Frank Robinson, Carl Yastrzemski, who did it in 1967, and then Miguel Cabrera did it again in 2012. I think it's rarer to have a triple crown than a 60-home run hitter, and I think what Aaron Judge is doing right now, no matter what number of home runs he finishes, no matter what you think, if he's the record holder or not, Aaron Judge is having the best and most special single season from a hitter in MLB history. I don't even think that that's, that's, yeah, I don't even think that's, like non crazy to say and, and the reason why is because i like since when when Barry Bonds stepped up and he did his you know 74 home run uh season or 73 um yeah so when he did that the years that followed that were every pitcher wasn't even wasn't even putting it anywhere near the strike zone they were scared to throw to him well, see, that's the thing. That's another thing that made his season so spectacular. His on-base percentage that year was unbelievable. Yeah. Just because of how many times he was intentionally walked, mm-hmm. walked in general, pitched around, and he still managed to crank out yeah. 73 home runs. And like you said, I know. There's definitely a huge difference when you're juicing as a you know as opposed to Judge, where Judge has done this completely different time from the steroid era, likely going to take the triple crown, and – has over 60 home runs. You don't see that. And I'm with Chevy here. This is probably the greatest single season that we've ever seen from a hitter in baseball. And with how long baseball has been around in the United States and in the world in general, this season can't go understated. And that's why it really frustrates me to see how disappointed people are that uh, ESPN is going to be cutting out Parts of the Penn State Northwestern Good. game to tune into judges. It's four and zero versus one and three. People don't realize sure. that one that game should be over by one p.m. <laughs> and two, this we is want a historic, Sean. historic sports season. Uh, we'll talk about that you later quiet. too. Aaron Judge's season right now. We don't know when this will happen again. If it'll happen again. And, I mean, if it does, it's going to be a long, long time from now. So Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of Penn State versus Northwestern games that are going to happen or oh, something yeah, like it because no. we oh, see great, blowouts great every games. week. But great just games. quickly, I and look, Grant, I know you were joking before about Shohei MVP. Like, yeah. is Judge a lock? He's obviously a lock, and here's why. When Aaron Judge went there's cold, no discussion here. the yeah, Yankees went cold. Aaron Judge is the, the main reason the Yankees are winning games. Because of what he's doing. When he went cold, the Yankees went cold. Well, and I got to say, when the Yankees are good in baseball, baseball's in a good state. That's mm-hmm. just how it goes. It's When the powerhouses in, in any sport are good, when the Lakers are good, yeah. when the Knicks are good. And that's why we keep I mean, talking not, about that. I wouldn't call the Knicks a powerhouse, but these big market <coughs> teams, when they're good, they and were. the rest of the sport's good. The, that's how it goes. I lost my train of thought. I just, when I, when I see it, and I and I we haven't seen anything like this in in really any sport in a while because when you look at it, people are scared to even go near them. And it was a whole discussion on whether or not when you when you go to the NFL and you talk about either Ray Lewis or Megatron, you are fearing for your life if you are looking on the matchup sheet and you're put up against him. Or you have to run a route over the middle and Ray Lewis is over there. Like, it, you're scared to play him. I mean, when you go to through basketball, I had the whole thing of whether or not people were scared to play LeBron. I can tell you for a sole fact 
that every center in the 1995 through 2005 era was scared to their life to face Shaq. Oh yeah. No, we we don't usually see this at all. To the fact of baseball is another sport where you can't get away from it by just ignoring him. Because basketball, you can't really ignore a guy. Football, you can kind of shut him off. But if you re- if the team really wants to get him the ball, or a de- uh, offense really wants to throw it in a defender's way, you can't really, you know get him out it's hard to do you can do it in football but it's much harder to do baseball all you have to do is throw it in the dirt four times well, and okay, he walks the first this is also what makes the yankees so deadly you can't do that in the postseason no, True. You when you face judge and you want to put him on base guess who else you gotta face you gotta face the john carlos stanton's of the world matt carpenter matt might carpenter. be coming back anthony rizzo dj lemay who comes back tonight then you've got Postseason uh, baseball, you, you it's can't different. do that. You, Especially it's with a, that roster. You just, oh, yeah, yeah that, you, just, you just can't. You can't just it's, pitch it in the dirt. Like, and, and that's why the Yankees, look, I know it, it seems the past decade or so, this Yankees team has been pretty disappointing come postseason. But this is a different team just because mm-hmm. once you put this team in a playoff atmosphere and it's win or go home, it's going to be whole new strategies employed. And – Every single base runner matters. That's why if you want to put Judge on base, fine. But you you might have to face the consequences, and it could perhaps double the damage that you face once you go up against a guy, like you said, LeMayhew, the Judges, the Rizzos, all that kind of stuff. But that's why I think the Yankees could – this could be the year. I, I'm more optimistic now than I was than when we first – you were before. You yeah. weren't optimistic at all. And it's because the Yankees have really turned things around lately. They – called up some young guys to get the sparks. Their injuries are starting to end. I'm still a little weary about the starting rotation, yeah. but, it, you know, there's a deep enough bullpen there to fix things. So, I mean, my last point on this, because I know we have other things to get to, would be that the MLB must be basking in the revenue that they're bringing in right now by these pitchers walking Aaron Judge because it took, what, six games without Aaron Judge having a home run, six or seven, I don't remember exactly, but the constant, um, you know, updates we're getting, like, tune in now, Aaron Judge is at bat. Like we said, tomorrow, if Aaron Judge doesn't hit 62 tonight, which, by the way, my prediction earlier on Bomber Boys, 12 to 1230 on Com Radio, um, is that he will hit it first pitch tonight. Um, but the thing is, you know, with it taking as long as it's taken, the MLB is making money. They, you know... The pitchers are actually doing MLB a favor, but I'm at at the end of it. I'm glad Tim Mesa decided to throw Aaron Judge a strike, and then Aaron Judge took that strike, put it over the wall, and got 61. Which, even though it's seventh all time in a single season, it's still a very meaningful number. So, I think that can be it for our Aaron Judge talk because we do it every week. Yeah, and uh, we got other pressing matters to attend to. Oh wait, um, breaking news. Mac Jones yep. has officially been ruled out. out for Sunday's game in Green Bay. Move him out of your Pack- starting slot. Packers were winning anyway, so yeah. we'll, yeah. move, we'll move <laughs> on. You know, uh, before we do move on, I just want to say that uh, I, I don't remember who it was. I think it was Brandon Marshall that said Bill Belichick was on the hot seat in head coaches in the NFL. And I just I just thought that was funny. Anyway. That's it's um, pretty funny. Yeah, that's, speaking, just, yeah, that's called trying to get attention. Yeah. Speaking yeah. Of, of NFL football... We had a game yesterday, but the uh, the news point isn't the game. So if anybody didn't watch or, or view it or know actually what happened in the game, you probably have uh, know a little bit piece of it. Bengals beat the Miami Dolphins 27-15. to The Eagles are now the only undefeated team left. Blah, blah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater did his job after, you know, this next event. That happened, and the reason why I kind of I kind of put that or or to you guys that I wanted to rant about it was because I've never seen something so stupid from a, a league perspective, from a team perspective, from from a scientific pers- perspective. Never seen it from a professional in my perspective life. as well. In my life, yeah, hundred percent. Never seen it before. So, so 
rewind, and I'm not bringing this in because I'm a fan. I'm, I'm a fan of them because it, it it does have to do with this with this topic. A year or two ago, I don't remember. Daniel Jones decided that it was a good idea to truck a linebacker of the Dallas Cowboys. He got up, tried to walk, kind of jogged a little bit, fell right back down. You want to know what happened? They sat him right there. No, Joe Judge, I, I believe, yeah, because it was that Joe. Joe Judge had, had the mind that, hey, we're probably not putting our quarterback out there. Joe Judge, you send Tua out there. All right, gets 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 that whiplash hit near the end zone, near his own end zone. He tries to get up, falls right back down. Gets obviously gets off of his own power. The first thing, not only that the coaches see, not only that the league sees, not only his mother sees, everyone in not only that stadium or watching the game sees that one moment and says, "Oh, he's he's out for two three weeks." At least two or three weeks. I'm not even thinking of concussion. I, I mean, you are, but even if the tests come back negative, negative, I'm not playing him four days later. Here's the thing with a concussion. These tests never actually, they really can't prove too much because it's a bunch of memory stuff and all that yeah. stuff. So they can, they can fake the results. Like, there's no actual scientific way. Like a broken arm, you can see the broken arm. Sure, there's some yeah. things that could show up that could show some, you know, movement and stuff in the brain area, but there's nothing like a broken arm where you see something that fractured or you see a crack somewhere. Yeah. The issue is it it's not just and I'm not blaming Tua at mm-hmm. all, but no, it's not no. just on the training staff. Any it's on athlete Tua that gets for, hurt is to going report. to say he wants to play. Exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. And well, actually when money's involved. Like see, mm-hmm. here's my thing. Tua is a leader. This is to his first taste of success in the NFL yet to this point. He's in a close game against Josh Allen, who he's yet to beat yet. Of course he's going to want to go back in. He's trying to go back in because he wants to be a leader to his teammates. He wants to be the franchise quarterback of this team, of a very talented team, with a new head coach who has really built the offense around him, instilled all of his trust into him, and said, hey, this is your chance. You can be our franchise quarterback. Of course he's want he's going to want to go play. But where does the training staff come into play here? The second that they let Tua come back into that game is where it all went downhill. I don't put this on Mike McDaniel whatsoever. He his job is to call plays, deal with game situations and deal with the personnel that he's been handed. The second that he gets a little word in his ear from the staff that hey, Tua is ready to go, do we put him back in? Of course he's going to say yes. But as a training staff, you cannot let a player pressure you into letting you go back in. You must undergo all the protocol, all the, um, well, like you said, the test. There's only so much that we know about the human brain. Concussions are still a relatively gray area as far as we know from the science fact. The NFL, I mean, it's just recently, probably the past decade, that the NFL really started cracking down on CTE, concussion protocol, all of that because it started to become a major issue where um blanking on his name right now Chargers Patriots linebacker um oh, I'm blanking on his name Junior Seau Junior Seau yes. yeah Junior Seau yeah as soon you know when he when he killed himself because of CTE that's when the NFL woke up and they were like hey you know we really got to start cracking down on this because we've got players who they play for us in our league for a decade and it has long-term effects on their health. So the thing is, training staffs cannot be – they cannot change their protocol because a player says they want to go back in a game. You still got to go through everything. And the fact that every single NFL fan at home could tell that there was a concussion issue going on there in the game because Tua fell down onto the ground, that makes it all ten times worse. And they try to cover it up by saying it was a back injury – no back injury makes you fall on the ground like you're drunk. Like I mean, he was walking around, you saw him, and he stumbled to the ground. No back injury is going to cause you to do that. So the second that they cleared him to go back into that game because they probably felt pressured by Tua to go back and continue the rest of the game, that's where it all went downhill because now Mike McDaniel, he's in a position 
where he needs to protect his training staff. He obviously doesn't want to get them fired, so he's been defending them to the press, saying it was a back injury. We wouldn't put you know we wouldn't put him back in if he was concussed. Well, well, you did, you, but yeah, you, you Grant, did, and Grant. it's quite clear that there was a head injury there. And now to go from playing concussed and then four days later starting another game. Do you know how significant of a risk there is for a worse concussion when you play under, I think it's like 10 days is mm-hmm. usually, that's usually the like ideal uh, time frame. Chevy, I see There's your point. Second impact syndrome happens yes. when the brain swells rapidly after a person suffers a second concussion before symptoms from the earlier concussion mm-hmm. have subsided. Have so. And with, usually all symptoms are gone within seven to ten. Well, days, it depends how bad that how bad concussion it is. Concussion was, and that one, I mean, that one looked pretty bad. He, it was pretty like you bad. said, he couldn't walk four days, and you let him play. Even the game? mildest of yeah. concussions. Here's, here's the thing: should be more than four days. Here's the hundred percent. Here's the thing, Grant. Yeah, I co-sign with everything you just said, uh-huh. except for the part with Mike Daniels, because McDaniel should have saw that Tua fell. And said, yes, he did. I but he's not a trainer. I don't care about what I – yeah, but what I'm saying is as in that moment, yes. he should have said, I don't care what the trainers come back with. That is not – like, I don't want him going back in this game. But that's not his job. If the trainers say that he has been cleared to play again, you were under the assumption that they've gone under concussion tests, they've scanned him and whatnot, and they say, all right, he likely does not have a concussion, or he does not have a concussion, I should say. If it's likely, if there's any gray area, even if it's a mild concussion, you hold him out. But if Mike McDaniel gets the word that Tua has been cleared to play, meaning he has no concussion symptoms, then of course you're going to put him back in the game. Mike McDaniel's job is to deal with the personnel that he's been given. If the trainers say that he was not concussed and that it was a back issue and Tua's back is okay, then of course you're going to put your franchise quarterback in the game. But what I was saying earlier is four days after any sort of concussion symptoms, the risk of re-injury and a worse concussion is so incredibly high. And now while the hit that Tua suffered yesterday definitely could have rung his bell if if there was no prior injury, Mm -hmm. the fact that he had been likely concussed four days before turned this into an injury that I I was – I was reading something. Emmanuel Acho, former NFL mm-hmm. linebacker, he said that Tua's injury yesterday could have been so severe that we don't even know what it is. Yeah. I, I, That's and, the and scariest part. This, this may or may not sound like a joke, and I don't want it to come off as such, but I have never seen someone come up. And the only way that I can describe it is because, I mean, curled up hands weren't even it. He literally did, like, the Jameis Winston W thing. Like, inadvertently sat there with both hands and his eyes closed, sitting on, like, laying on the ground on his back, not moving, with his fingers like that. I have never seen anybody get injured and have, like, that reaction stiffen their fingers. Not like I've seen people like get hit, obviously get a concussion. I've played football throughout my life. I've seen people get concussions. I've seen them lay there, obviously, like. You know, I, I and I've also seen videos that you you go to the Eric Legrand thing. He had a concussion before on the kickoff. Uh, I mean, on the defensive uh, possession before that, walked to the wrong sideline, came back. They still put him out there, and then that's when he paralyzed himself. I've seen that. I've seen people sit there and, and get like you know laying out. I've seen people get paralyzed before, on, like viewing, not in person, but viewing it. I've never seen anybody have to stiffen up their fingers, like. Anything like what Tua had, um, yes, last night, and, and to 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 obviously go that in the other conversation is not even concussions anymore. And I, I think this has graduated from concussions. It's now we've seen countless countless actions and countless studies through countless former players about either heinous acts to other people or heinous acts to themselves. And I won't name names. Obviously, we, we kind of go down the topic that I'm talking about. But we've seen people do insane stuff to not only themselves, to other people, or just around doing random things that we cannot prove whether or not it was because of this. But studies come back, and the only way that you can figure out is in an autopsy after they die. But it's CTE now. Yeah. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that he has CTE because of this action. In, in both. In the first one, he could have gotten it. Now it's pretty much guaranteed that he has at least a mild case of it, and you have no idea until he dies. 
Yeah, I mean, and looking back at like the Bills game and Tua suffering that injury, I look I look at that and I'm like, what that that dude's concussed? That just straight up when I when I see him stumble it's like clear. that, it's a pretty that's almost like a telltale sign. You know, we've yeah. all played we've all played sports growing up, especially us football players, including myself. And you see that happen, and you're like, yeah, he he's got to be out, right? You sh- from on a short week from a Sunday to a Thursday, what? What is the training staff doing, right? So is he even practicing during the week, right? Is he is he even getting reps on the practice field? So even though that's not might not be physical contact, you're still practicing. That's still that you could still be damaging your brain during practice. There's that's a hundred percent true. Yeah. And so I look at so I look at him then going into this game with the Bengals, and then having that injury and like and like you said like with his fingers all, like not at all like that's that's genuinely scary. You're you're thinking about his family. You're thinking about viewers at home, including myself. I, I remember watching the game last night and actually like being like, "Oh my gosh, did I just see somebody it made me sick?" It was, yeah, let's did show I just the see somebody become paralyzed times yeah. because why not? Yeah, like, like that was disgusting for them to play that over and over. And they do it all the time. The bad knee injuries, these injuries like this that have happened from time to time, they get like right in there. Go to commercial break. Go make more money because that's what you're here for anyway. Don't keep showing a guy on the you know, ground who almost paralyzed, almost like, para- like yeah. didn't have a move at that point. When your fingers like you don't have movement at that point, he gained it back. Yeah, from a neurological standpoint, well, same- you have no, you have no control. And so, when you're when you're coming out going into this Bengals game and saying that that's a that's a back injury, right? Your 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 body's not going to respond like that necessarily to a back injury, especially especially if you're. There on the field, almost unconscious. And for, if it is what, a back like two injury, minutes, you don't like that, pop right? up like, again like that. You don't you don't straight up go right up and then go walk off and then come back in the game completely fine. I mean, obviously he wasn't completely fine, but you don't come back and walk completely fine. That was a head injury. My thing is also to 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 give a little bit. I I understand that it's not the best situation. I do understand that it's unethical and and unmoral. But if I can, you know, kind of defend the broadcast a little bit when you go into that situation when somebody gets injured and you send it to commercial break and you come back and he's still down like what out like if you have a broadcast you can't you don't have an i mean you you might but in this you're not planning for it to go with a complete highlight of just commercial after commercial after commercial so when you come back and he's still on the ground well like what else do you play you put the two broadcasters on camera True. and have them talk about something whether it be the game or anything Literally i mean I, anything it's better than, yeah, I mean, than watching somebody lay well, there yeah, but, i want to go back almost yeah, but lifeless. It's also, it could see by the family to be disrespectful to be talking about something random well i mean it, i find it's kind it of more disre- because it, it is if disrespectful if i was, if if I was tua if i was tua i would find it more disrespectful for them to be showing a picture or a video of me live with my hands like unable to be moved, going onto a stretcher, than I would if they're talking, if they're promoing the Northwestern Penn State game. Like yeah. I, I know it wasn't. It was on Amazon last night. So whatever next Thursday night's game, yeah. I'd find it more disrespectful for them to keep showing it over and over than I would if they're promoting their next thing. But I mean, I I didn't really get to say much about the Miami situation. But ninety nine percent of NFL players' brains that were studied, there was a study for. Um, by Boston University, and they obtained you know p- some guys' brains from the NFL. Ninety-nine percent of them were found to have at least some type of CTE. And look, I'm not saying one concussion is going to cause you, or even two, and I'm not saying last night is going to you know cause CTE for Tua. But what I am going to say is last night the Miami Dolphins blatantly went out and put Tua's life on the line. Mm-hmm. They're you, lucky. He had a head injury, and he made it worse. You, Noah just said it. They are lucky that Tua is able to have movement today. He, they are the lucky hospital. that Tua could be alive. He, he's, if that he's hit lucky was, that he's not disabled. If, if, that, yeah. if yeah. that hit but was even worse last night, we could be oh, yeah. sitting here talking about something completely different. Miami Dolphins training staff. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, the protocols are the protocols, and we don't know what happened in that, you know, training room, all that stuff. 
But it wasn't a back injury. Anyone can tell you it wasn't a back injury. Yeah, there's, there's I, zero it, chance. It was clearly a head injury. His head smacked the turf. It was clearly a head even, injury even, the minute after it happened. Even if yeah. he had a back injury, there was clearly also a head injury because mm-hmm. his head smacked the turf. So you do not put him back out there four days later and you or in that game. You don't put him back out there at all because his life is being put at risk. What Miami did last night was stupid. It was blatant uh, disrespect, and I don't care. Like you said, I understand that athletes will try to play through everything. I've done it. Like people try to play through everything, mm-hmm. you, yeah. uh, from like the smallest little pain in their ankle to, to like a this concussion. to yeah. a concussion. I mean, I know guys who have played with cast on their arms. Mm-hmm. At the end of it, the training staff should realize that one game early on in the season, Miami is three and zero right now. They can afford a loss. They, they did job. not need Tua last night. They need Tua healthy down the road. And at this point, I don't know when Tua returns. None of us do. Will he even return? If I'm Tua, I, I am not He's going done for the season. I am not going back to Miami. I'm not playing another snap for them. Because what they did, I don't care how hard he pushed, was stupid. It was disrespectful. And it's something that should have never happened. The Miami Dolphins organization is a mess. They should be super irresponsible. Yeah. Super irresponsible with the Miami Dolphins. Pathetic. And, and here's it was the th- pathetic. Here's the thing, and, and I think I'm going to send it to break just so that we have a little bit of a of a um, transition into the rest of the show. I think that when you get into a position where, all right, he gets that first injury on Sunday. He goes down. He comes back up. He goes off. Teddy Bridgewater steps yeah, in. His linemen are almost holding him up from the, falling yes. during the game. Yeah, He goes back Nuts. in. That game I can almost kind of – a, a little bit. It should have been blatantly obvious, but the doctors wanted to clear him. McDaniel send him back in. If it was just that game and he didn't play the following games, I don't. I, I think I would have a little bit less of an issue with it. The fact is that you had three and basically three and a half days to figure out that it was a head injury. Well, see, and the, you didn't. See, this is the issue, though. If if you were not cleared, or excuse me, if you were cleared and you are said to not have a concussion during the game, during the original evaluation, you can't go back and retract on that statement. No. You can't say, yeah, right. mm. he didn't have a concussion. Okay, now he has a concussion, but we let him play. Mm. Then you've got investigations going on, and it's almost sure that the entire medical staff is fired because it is against every out. NFL protocol. That yeah, someone's life if, on the line. if a player is concussed, they do not enter the game. They do not re-enter the game. So if Miami were to go back and retract on that statement, then there would be a ton of issues. That's why I think, you know, Mike McDaniel, he's probably in the roughest situation of everybody right now because he's playing almost a he's playing a public relations role pretty much, where he has to protect the uh the reputation of his medical staff because they said he had a back injury. But if they were to go back and say, hey, no, actually, like, he was concussed, we just wanted to let him go back in the game because he was pushing us, then there are some people's jobs on the lines, there are fines that are going to be held out or uh, handed out, and possibly even worse punishments. But, I mean, ultimately, players' health is the number one concern, mm-hmm. so it wouldn't have been the worst thing ever, I think, if they went back and say, hey, he's got concussion symptoms, mm-hmm. we're going to hold him out of this one. So, it would have been- if at that point they could have said, if they wanted to cover their, they could just selves, say the back injury. They could have said, "Oh, the back mm-hmm. injury is holding him out." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Done. Yeah. No matter what, Tua shouldn't have played last night. Yeah. I think yeah, that no. should okay. send us to. Listen, we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Obviously, when when we come out and next game when the Dolphins come out and say who their starting quarterback is is going to be, it's a hundred percent going to be Teddy Bridgewater. Has to be. We'll see how long Tua, you know, progresses throughout his recovery. Obviously. Thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family. We'll we'll uh, send it to break right then and then uh, continue the show from there. Hey. Hey, you. Me? Yeah, you. What's your name? Uh, Tim. What are you listening to right now, Tim? Uh, Katy Perry. Wrong! It's Wednesday at 8.15. Tune in to Sports with a Z. It talks about all things sports with a hint of Zach. Okay. Don't be like Tim. Tune in to Sports with a Z, hosted by me, Zach Donaldson. Every Wednesday from 8.15 to 9.15, only on Calm Radio.
After getting off to the hottest start in Major League Baseball, the weather got hotter and the Yankees cooled down. So if you miss hearing this, the Yankees win! The Yankees win! As much as us, tune in to Bomber Boys Friday at noon here on Com Radio. It's football season again, and you can feel the excitement in the air. The leaves are changing color, the pads are going on, and chin straps are getting buckled. If you're like me, and you're excited for football this season, and you're wondering where to go to listen to the best talk show on campus, come listen to Z-Dunks NFL every Wednesday at 2 p.m. That's right, every Wednesday, 2 p.m. You better be there. With questions surrounding the future of the Yankees now and beyond the short porch, Justin Chevalella and Dylan Price have you covered with all things pinstripe related. Tune in to Bomber Boys, Friday at noon, here on Com Radio. headed back to the phone booth with Joe Callahan Jr., Josh Bartosik, Justin Chevalella, and Grant Sheets right here on Com Radio. Welcome back to Phone Booth, where we're going to uh, go to our last segment, a little bit shorter this time, Making Calls. Welcome back. Uh, if, if Those who you were wondering why I played the uh, two ads for the same thing, uh, you can thank Justin, because he screamed at me in the break. Um, I'm currently in tears. Um, but we're going to... Our last segment of the show, where we uh, try to make predictions or have rants, and uh, we're we're gonna bring it a little bit home this this time with uh with our uh, our quarterback situation at this school that we like to call home. The Pennsylvania State University has a sixth year quarterback, Sean Clifford, who uh basically everybody who's in the uh, situation kind of knows what that de- what that deal is, and then a five star. Six five six six, six uh, quarterback and Drew Aller backing him up. It was reported that he might have started this game. There was reports saying in the background that Sean Clifford was hurt. That came out to be false um, or just uh, a rumor started by people who really wanted Drew Aller to play. And uh, our, our little Justin almost got into a uh, scream match with a fan last game over it. So well, it was actually more Josh Bartosik than me, but it was kind of my fault. But here, I said that because he's not here. Here's the deal. You know, we call this making the – or sorry. Yeah, making calls. That's the name yeah, of the segment. Calls. Sorry, I'm still new to our segments. Yeah. Uh, you know, making calls. And let's just say a few times James Franklin has made the call to Drew Aller. And that's wonderful. It's great to get playing time for Drew Aller. He's going to be the future. He's going to start next year. He's also needed if Sean Clifford goes down. Here's the issue. There's 107,000 fans at Beaver Stadium, including, I don't know the size of the student section, but one of the largest in college football, if not the largest. I don't remember. The thing is, of that student section, most of them don't actually know football. They'd rather just go there, tailgate, stay for a half, or stay a little longer than half and wait for Drew Aller to come in. With that, any time Sean Clifford throws an incompletion or a sack, which isn't even his fault half the time, it would go on the offensive line. Hold on, just 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 for uh, clarification, it's twenty one thousand seats in the uh, student section. Twenty one thousand, and I'd say about four know what they're talking about, <laughs> honestly. Um, and they're all after, usually on phone booth. At coming. least, yeah, at least Might after be us four. At least <laughs> after last week, it feels like four. Pe- Four he people said in four. that. Twenty-one thousand. That's, that's his problem, not mine. <laughs> now we just gotta decide. Sorry, what our studio wait. audience yeah. is getting mad at us. Sorry, apparently there's six of us here. So, <laughs> oh, so Josh, Josh. All right, so whatever. The point. <laughs> the point is that anytime Sean Clifford does anything remotely not great, so throw an incompletion or throw a check down to the running back, throw an 
interception, which, by the way, has only thrown one this season. It was in Purdue, and the Penn State Nittany Lions still won the game. I don't care anymore about Sean Clifford. Here, Sean Clifford has done nothing wrong except that pick, and Penn State was able to win it. There is a reason Penn State has two Power 5 victories on the road. There is a reason that Penn State, though not pretty last week against Central Michigan but still got the job done, has rolled over the two MAC opponents they played. And it is because Sean Clifford is needed in that backfield, especially with the emergence of Katron Allen, Nick Singleton. You need a veteran piece in that backfield. You cannot have a freshman quarterback with the freshman running backs because that's going to create problems, miscommunications, so on. I understand that Sean Clifford's not the flashiest. His stats, nothing too pretty. Eight touchdowns, tied 39th for the con- in the country. You know, 890 yards passing, tied 66th in the country. A QBR of 65.2, that's 50th in the country. I get it. It's not flashy. But what it is is getting the job done. And when every time he does something wrong, and an incompletion is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, if no one's open and it ends up being an incompletion, that's better than him forcing something like he did last year and it became a pick. So Sean Clifford has actually been better this year than he did was last year, at least in my opinion. And anytime he does something wrong, we get we want Drew Chance from the fans. And what that does is it it's going to get into Sean Clifford's mind. And in two weeks, Penn State—sorry— well, two weeks, yes. Penn State will start the most crucial three games of their uh, season. It's the past decade. The yeah. gauntlet. Oh, yeah. yeah, the gauntlet. Yeah, It literally. starts in Michigan, and then what? It's Minnesota, then Ohio State, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. It starts in Michigan, then it goes he, uh, back at home for the whiteout, and then home again Halloween weekend against Ohio State. Probably their hardest three games they've hardest had in, in a while. Yeah. And, you know— there will be fans to travel to Michigan, and I think they'll be loud and do good, just like in Auburn. But when they come back home and you have the other 20,000 fans or whatever number we're going to put on it that are chanting, we want Drew, that is going to throw Sean off, and in the big games is when Sean Clifford needs to be his best. So when Penn State comes back home, they play Northwestern tomorrow, all we're going to hear the entire game because it's supposed to be a rollover is we want Drew. But when, especially when Penn State comes back, against Minnesota and Michigan, and Minnesota's looked great. Or, sorry, Ohio State, not Michigan. Minnesota's looked great. Ohio State's looked even better. Everyone in that stadium needs to back Sean Clifford until, you know, unless it gets ugly. If it gets ugly, I understand it. But if it's an incompletion, I don't want to hear one we want Drew chant. If it's, you know, a sack, that's not even his fault half the time. It's the offensive line. The Sean Clifford hate has to stop. Everyone just hates him because he had a bad stretch last week year where he tried to play through injury and they ended up losing to Illinois and you know some other bad losses. He's healthy to what we know uh, right now. Franklin said the other day it's the healthiest he's been at this point in the season in his entire career. Whatever, I'm not going to get into what Franklin's saying. It could be a smokescreen. Everyone needs to go in and back up Sean Clifford. And then... Just for a little fun, I'm gonna throw this at the end. If someone chants we want Drew or we want Sean when Drew Aller throws an incompletion, take it because you wanna know why? If we have to sit there listening to you scream we want Drew every time Sean does something wrong, then you should be able to take the fact that I can say we want Sean when Drew does something wrong. Because it's hypocrisy if it's not. And that's the reason Josh Bartosik almost got into a fight last week. Justin, I have <laughs> two questions before story. we let Noah Noah say something. Number one, what happens if we scream, we want Chad Powers? That's funny. And that's, that's great. Because right. great, we did that All last right, week, just, too. Just nobody nobody added an eye. Number but two. Anytime, you know, the we want Drew, and then I'd be like, Sean did nothing wrong on that play. Everyone in the student section mm-hmm. would look at me, and sure, do I like having I the attention witness. on me? A little bit. Yeah, <laughs> but at the it. same time. You know, I'm getting pissed off when I'm trying to enjoy the game, and all I'm hearing yeah. is "We want Drew." You're the same guy that wears shorts in 10 degree weather. Of course, <laughs> you're a little attention. Here's here's my it's other question. Here's my other question. Has it's your personal. family attended Penn State games? No, not yet. No, okay. They want to come up. So 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 yet. so he's willing to say that our families that do attend the game 
don't know what they're talking about. No, no, that is not <laughs> what I said because it's not. It's not the I other. I, I don't, am I, I, am I, I misinterpreting okay, sentences? It's, he said it's, it's only the stu- four people knew what they were right, talking you're about. You're referencing the students. I'm referencing the student section. I get it. I like. I, I I'm saw sure a bunch of freshmen come in. He and, and me saw 80 year olds in the student section. Oh yeah, that anybody was, can get in. Yeah, there. you can get in the student section. There was literally 80 year olds who knew they were in the student section yes. too, and were just like, "Yeah, oh, we're too lazy in. to go yes. find our actual seats." All right, back walk. on back on topic. Yeah, you can straight up walk in the student section. But here's my thing about Cliff. Right, you look at Cliff, and he's he's kind of had a target on his back, especially this year, like you've mentioned, with the whole "We want your thing." The thing is, is that. You look at Drew Allen, you look at Sean Clifford, right? Sean Clifford is a veteran player on on this offense, right? He, when he's on the field, he is a presence. Regardless of, like, what you think his skill is, he has a presence on that field. And his ability to be that veteran and his ability to lead the team is something that Drew Allen just straight can't give. You could sit there and look at Drew Allen's technical ability as a quarterback, and you could sit there and look at Sean Clifford's technical ability as a quarterback, and I think it's actually fair to say that, that Drew Aller is a better passer and a better player at quarterback skill-wise. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's why he's a Sean. But here's the thing. Sean brings an aspect that Drew Aller just can't bring yet. And that's and that that's something that's not technical. I think the yeah. point in all of this, and, and I'm going to let Grant go. This is going to be really short. I think the point of it is that we haven't seen – a lot of success post the McSorley Barkley level, and we're supposed to be sitting here as as you know viewers looking at Penn State football and saying, "Hey, we're, we're going to compete. We're going to be up there." Since since Joe Paterno yeah. came in, that was that was the motive of, "Hey, success he, with honor." He's gone. Nope, we're getting nope. success. The we're we're going to stay as Penn State. Yeah. I think the problem with with people wanting Allerin is because they're looking at Sean, and out of the years he's been here hasn't shown that he can win against teams who are in the upper echelon of college football, such as now the Ohio State. The Ohio South. State's the Michigan. Which yeah, he now played you get to a point where Ohio we don't know State what our is. lost by nine. Yeah, yeah. pretty He's impressive. Just, I think the point is we know that Sean Clifford can't, or we know that Sean Clifford hasn't. We have no idea what to expect from Drew Aller, so they want to see if he's of that level to go send him in and be able to beat. But you teams. can't, you can't right now. You can't I, send no, him in. So, so I think, though. frankly, kind of throttling Aller's um, playtime here is honestly good because. If he if he is announced the starter next season, right, he's not going to be going into it blind. No, I, I because because we look at last year, we look at last great, year, but in the first quarter. Yeah, no, no, hundred percent. No, I agree with that. And looking at last year, right, we saw Cliff in, and then he he gets dinged up against Iowa, and we throw Taquan mm-hmm. in there, and he, he hasn't seen a single snap. And so you could, I think it's definitely fair to say that a reason we lost that Iowa game last year and lost a lot of our momentum and started to spiral last year. Taquan wasn't prepared. Mm-hmm. Taquan wasn't exactly. prepared. And so I think Franklin's initiative to give Aller the preparation and the time for him to develop is falsely leading these these young fans and these fans that don't fully know mm-hmm. Penn State football. Yeah. They're giving this false impression that, oh, Drew Aller needs to play or, oh, Drew Aller needs to be in now because he's better than Cliff. You mm-hmm. know, so I think it's a false narrative. I, I think the other Grant. quick thing that Justin mentioned before we, we actually do let Grant talk on the matter is... <laughs> is <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm going to be pretty quick about this. Yeah, I think, I think the other thing is if you're choosing the veteran presence in the backfield either being the running backs and Keevon Lee or the quarterback in Sean Clifford versus Aller, I'm taking Clifford because of what I've seen by the freshman running back is insane, and Keevon Lee has not shown that for me. No. Like I said, I'll keep this quick. Anyone that knows football knows that Sean Clifford should 100% be the starting quarterback of this team for the rest of the season. Why would Drew Aller start? Why would he start? Give me one good reason why he would start besides he's a more talented quarterback. There's no good explanation. This is a guy who's been in the system now for, I mean, it seems like the 1980s. Like He's been here forever. <laughs> he's got six mortgages in State College already. Yeah, but the point is, there is no reason, there's no rush for Drew Aller to get any sort of starting action. Now, I do agree with the uh, point completely, and I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. Any opportunity that you get to put Drew Aller in a football game Go for it because you got to get him ready for the future. He is your future, and he has the potential to take this team to a place that they haven't been since that Big Ten championship squad with Trace, Allen Robinson, Saquon, all those guys. 
Chris Godwin. That Chris Godwin. That that roster mm-hmm. was ridiculous. And of course, fans they get a little bit excited when they hear about the potential that Drew Aller brings to this football team. And they look at Sean Clifford's resume and they think, all right, well, this guy hasn't done anything for us uh, before. Why would he bring anything to our squad now? But the thing is, this is a roster that has talent from top to bottom. And all it takes is some sturdy quarterback play to potentially give this team a chance to go compete. I mean, We'll see with the Ohio States, the Michigans, the Michigan States. Michigan didn't look good against Maryland. So but it gives us a reason to hope, right? Any, open. any given Saturday, any given Saturday, there's a chance for upsets. And this Penn State team, they've got the talent on both sides of the ball. The secondary looks fantastic. Absolutely. Now you have a running game. All it takes is some steady quarterback play. Sean Clifford, if he can stay healthy, this team could go make a run. Drew Aller, there's no rush for him to play. But the future is bright. We all know that. And anybody that says otherwise is just simply in it for the hype. And they don't really know the philosophy behind this whole decision mm-hmm. for Sean Clifford to start the whole season. There's really Look, nothing else to if it. If people wanted to come in and say, oh, they only beat Purdue by four. Now Purdue's awful. Well, they're really not. But they only yeah. beat Purdue by four. It was the first game of the season. It was a random Thursday night because Thursday nights aren't away, away on game. the road. Then they come back. They steamroll Ohio 46-10. to 10. Then they go to Auburn, which is supposed to be the daunted SEC. The orange out. The orange out, which became Roll a creamsicle them. because Penn State fans yeah. showed up. And they're going to do the God. same thing as the maze out uh, in Michigan in two, two weeks. But you know, they went in there, and sure, Sean Clifford didn't have a touchdown pass. He did what he, he needed to do. He did exactly mm-hmm. what he needed to do. He moved the ball downfield. He... Caught Rock the first drive of the game and came back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was, I mean, it was bad, but he came back and then finished that drive with a rushing touchdown. He's got a rushing touchdown, albeit maybe one yard rushes, with that little, you know, package. That stupid where formation where it, it's worked because he's got yeah. four rushing touchdowns on the season. Well, and then last week, action. Yeah. look, Central Michigan, it wasn't the greatest showing, but Penn State, honestly, if you watch the game, there was a lot of depth pieces they were trying to rotate and figure things out because. You've passed the quote-unquote easy part, the non-conference schedule, which, by the way, Penn State has done a great job of not making their non-conference schedule just a rollover. Obviously, mm-hmm. Purdue, all well, Purdue is conference, and that's one way to open your season. But Auburn, the SEC, I mean, Central Michigan's even had a little bit of success lately. But They're the leading rusher in attempts and yards. Ex- exactly. So what Penn State did last week, 33-14 to victory, Three touchdowns from Sean, and I'm still hearing, we want Drew. I mean, get real. If this team actually wants to win something, and again, the next three games are a gauntlet, and the only way Penn State can get through that gauntlet, first of all, is with Sean Clifford at quarterback. And second off, is if the fans stop being, you know, stupid. I don't want to call them stupid, but that's kind of what they're being. And they finally. Hey, that's not nice. <laughs> that's why I said I didn't want to call. We them. pride ourselves look, in this show being the nicest look, that we the can fans, be. The fans have to realize Especially that. Especially Josh Bartosik to and me. Sean Clifford needs to be backed up when they come back against Minnesota and Ohio State here at Beaver Stadium. There's no better atmosphere in college football. It's been said by tons of people. And if that atmosphere turns on Sean Clifford, well, then you could kiss the Nittany Lions' chance of winning goodbye. So, fans. All I ask is back Sean Clifford, especially in the big games. And tomorrow I'd prefer not to, you know, have to listen to We Want Drew starting in the first quarter or even the second and, heck, maybe even the third. But just back Sean Clifford and this Penn State team will be better than people, than, you know, better than if you're not backing him because if you don't back him, Ohio State's steamrolling this team. Yeah. Well, you hear it here first. Sean Clifford activist Justin Chevalella. Complete currently currently getting ready to stick off the uh, the sticky notes off of people's uh, windows that say Drew's daddy right off of them. (laughs) Justin, as you love to do, play us out. For Noah Flennard, Grant Sheet, Joe Callahan, I'm Justin Chevalella. And our studio audience. And our studio audience. I'd love to say same time, same place next week. However, well, at least for us. However... There's a chance that we're kicked out for a board op, plus Josh and I have a call. So it might – plus Grant's not going to be here. So it might be same time. It might be same place, at least for us. Or it's going to be different time, same place, at least for us. 
I'm not sure. Either way, I know is when we do go live, tune in right here at Phone Booth on Com Radio. Thank you for listening. Can Bryce Harper's return kickstart the Phillies into being a World Series contender? Which AL team will be able to challenge the Astros? Will the Padres' deadline moves allow them to compete with the Dodgers? You can get the answers to these questions on the windup with Jason O'Connell. Tune in on Tuesdays from 7.05 to 7.35 here on Com Radio. <laughs> How about those flames, Jacob? Who would ever pick the flames to win in the playoffs? It could never be me. Yeah, I'll take the L on that one. But I like the moves they made this offseason, so maybe this is their year. And if you want to hear more about this debate, tune into the Sin Bin to hear more hot takes and banter between Tim Rogers, Jacob Cheris, and Josh Bartosik on Wednesdays at 920 to 10:20, right here on Com Radio. Do you ever have an itching sensation to listen to a 45-minute debate about Kirk Cousins? No? How about Russell Westbrook? Still not interested? Jeez, tough crowd. Here, this will do it for you. I think the Raiders just did a 180 and turned into the Chiefs. Because now you have a top what? three. You have a top <laughs> three tight end. Is that better? Tune into Phone Booth, Com Radio Sports Debate Show, every Friday from 3.30 to 4.30 p.m.